1: For July 25th, 2022, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, Square Enix is stepping up to the NFT plate as well, and we take a peek at the financials of the largest gaming expo in North America. The developers behind Minecraft Mojang issued a statement earlier last week regarding the use of NFTs and blockchain technology in Minecraft. While normally these statements usually end up being a product activation for a scam, this time Mojang is banning NFTs and blockchain technology within Minecraft. Mojang's statement reads, quote, To ensure that Minecraft players have a safe and inclusive experience, blockchain technologies are not permitted to be integrated inside our client and server applications, nor may Minecraft in-game content such as worlds, skins, persona items, and other mods be utilized by blockchain technology to create a scarce digital asset. Mojang continues their statement, listing the reasons why they believe NFTs and the blockchain are scams, like the artificial scarcity and speculative pricing of NFTs. Mojang also commented on the reliability of these third-party NFT makers, saying, quote, "...we are also concerned that some third-party NFTs may not be reliable and may end up costing players who buy them. Some third-party NFT implementations are also entirely dependent on blockchain technology and may require an asset manager who might disappear without notice." You know, While I don't personally play Minecraft, it's actually refreshing that a major developer like Microsoft's Mojang is taking a hard stance against NFTs, especially when we still have developers like Square Enix continuing to double down on the NFT grift. Speaking of Square Enix and NFT grifts, Square Enix recently debuted a new 6-inch Plastic Cloud Strife action figure, set to launch in November of 2023. You can now pre-order this cloud action figure for the ridiculous price of $130 whole ass dollars, but for $160, you can buy the, quote, Digital Plus Edition, which includes, quote, exchange tickets to redeem a digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure that can be enjoyed on PC or smartphone. Both the Digital Certificate of Authenticity and the digital version of the figure are managed by the blockchain technology known as NFTs. In my opinion here, Square Enix is pulling a double grift, first for their egregious pricing of painted plastic and second for the obvious NFT scam, raking in as much money as they possibly can for the least amount of effort. But wait, it actually gets worse. Square Enix had an additional warning before buying the Digital Plus edition, which reads, "Quote: At the time of product release, the digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure are not supported on the marketplace and cannot be transferred or sold to third parties. Square Enix also added this interesting warning about the crypto exchange engine, which they're using to mint these NFTs, saying, quote, In case the engine service becomes unavailable in the future, you may lose access to the NFT digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure. Basically selling you two NFTs that you cannot sell and that you might not have access to when Square Enix finally shelves NFTs for the next big gaming grift. And I hope all of you that are listening are smart enough not to buy this cloud action figure. Not just because it's an NFT scam, but because it's the most poorly executed NFT scam I've seen yet. Last couple of times, I've had the opportunity to cover the Entertainment Software Association. It's been about E3 canceling or reviving multiple times this year. But this time around, I get to talk about the ESA's business, along with the real economic costs of E3's absence. For those that don't know what the ESA is other than the company behind E3, the ESA is a Washington, D.C.-based lobbying group for 30 of the most powerful game developers on the planet, which includes Tencent, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. The ESA also runs the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, or the ESRB, which determines the U.S. age rating for games. I explain all of this because Axios put out a report on the ESA's tax filings for 2020, which shows that the ESA lost 25% of its revenue for 2020 due to canceling E3, amounting to a $10 million dollar decline compared to 2019. Which explains why the ESA is partnering with ReadPop to revive the dead $10 million cash cow that is E3. However, regardless of E3's success or failure in 2023, the Entertainment Software Association will still be a thing. I say that because the ESA is still a powerful political tool for the U.S. gaming industry. One of the most recent examples of the ESA's lobbying power is the Right to Repair bill that passed in New York, which does allow people to legally fix their own consumer electronics with the exception of video game consoles. And confirmed by Axios, the ESA argued for that exception in the New York Right to Repair Bill by saying, quote, "...it presents unique security and piracy risks to the video game ecosystem." Though, the ESA does lobby for better causes when it benefits the gaming industry. Notably, the ESA lobbied for visas for immigrant game developers and esports athletes, along with backing the Obama-era legislation DACA. Now look, at the end of the day, the Entertainment Software Association is just a corporate lobbying group designed to protect the gaming industry from government regulation, so it's interesting to find out that E3 is 25% of the ESA's revenue. However, I find it infinitely more interesting to find out what the ESA is doing for that other 75% of their revenue. All right, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you're subscribed so you can come back tomorrow for even more video game news. Follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening. Hi, I'm
0: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.